It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So uh, uh, e equals MC squared. <laughs> <laughs> That's supposed to be me. Prick. <laughs> Final Glasgow derby of the season ends in defeat for Celtic, but was it meaningless? Welcome to 20 Minute Tims. I'm your host, Jamie, Stephen, Melly. Was it meaningless? That's well, the question. It's, it's quite a hard game to sum up um, because I'm trying to strike the right balance between acknowledging the fact that on paper, in terms of where the trophies are headed this season, it is meaningless, literally. But in my opinion... I find it appropriate to talk about how much of a disappointment the performance was because I think that once it crosses over, crosses that line into a bit of a doing, we have the right to still talk about it as a bit of a disappointment to be really? honest. Yeah, similar to Stephen, uh, I think building up to the game, you can say, look, look, we've won the ones that matter, the important ones, we've secured the league, we've put them out of both cups, this is the one if you're going to lose, lose it. But to lose it in that manner is disappointing. The performance was poor, individual performance was poor, the manager's performance was poor. And yes, it might be meaningless, but it still disappoints me. It was easier to get over than any other game that we could have lost this season. But that doesn't mean I wasn't still very disappointed come the final whistle. And it was a chance for Celtic to really lay down a marker this season. But Rangers decided that it was their turn to lay down the marker and like Celtic played a massive, massive part in that. So I very disappointed at the end of it, but could have been worse. Could have been so much better. Well, I mean, it, I struggle to think about how it could have been worse on the day, to be honest with you, but I don't really buy into this sort of meaningless narrative because it, it, it's so narrow. It's so narrow. I, in the terms of the league, it doesn't matter, but there's no such thing as a meaningless Glasgow derby, no. especially the last one of the season, especially when... There was still plenty to play for. The league might have been done, but we could have went the whole season without having Rangers beat us. Yeah. Which, which is well worth it. We could have kept Michael Beale in his place. We could have broken the record points total. There's lots of things that could have been gained for that. We could have sent them into the season having something to really think about, you know. But we didn't. We just turned up and we turned in one of the worst performances in I've seen under Ange. Definitely one of the worst domestic performances I've seen under Ange. So... I don't I didn't really buy into any of the sort of is this meaningless narrative. I know there's a, a bit of part and a bit of jokes that you do when you don't want to be slagged by your Rangers fans or the people that you work with. And like, ah, it doesn't matter. But if you're still saying that as a Celtic fan to other Celtic fans, I just don't really get it no. because I, I'm I'm still pissed off after yeah. watching it. Yeah, and one of the things you listed there of the many disappointments, one of the things struck me as one of the worst because as you say, if if we'd won that Bill's under serious pressure. They've right. got a whole summer to go and stew on the lack of uh, performance or lack thereof of their manager. And they haven't won a single one of these games. They've had six attempts at it this season, haven't won a single one of them. Lost all the ones that mattered. For example, the cup final, the semi-final. I suppose that if, if you're going to give me the opportunity, if you're going to say when this season starts, right, you're going to win all the games that matter and lose the one that, that mm. doesn't. That's a decent deal, but that's not how it works either. And, yes. uh, and obviously the, these games are played individually and we, we talk about this and then we seal it in a box and move on, right? But there, there are things to be learned from a game like that, even if it is just simple things like players playing for their futures and or places for the rest of the season. There's a cup final coming up. Who wants to get into that? Who wants to impress the manager and the fans? So I, on, on basically every level, it was a bit of a disappointment, to be honest. I, I don't think it was... I don't think it's really fair to just say, ah, it doesn't matter because 
see if you go into a game like that, and we all broadly agree, yes, it doesn't matter in terms of the, the course of the season, but if we lose that 1-0, 2-0, even... 2-1, draw two each. I think we all come away from it thinking, ah, well. That's it. Yes, that, that's that, it the just, context. The third goal for me is when it just crossed the line into it. This is a bit of doing here and I don't accept that really. And see if Callum McGregor and Ange Postacoglu, they don't do what Rangers do and say, oh, it was a hard luck story. They didn't win, we lost, all that kind of stuff. They don't come out and do that. They say that it was unacceptable. So as you've said, I don't know why Celtic fans would tell each other that it's pointless. I also don't know why I, as a fan, would disagree with Callum McGregor. Mm. I don't know why I would go, no, you're wrong, Callum McGregor. It was meaningless and it was acceptable. So I think if, if Callum McGregor is telling us that it's unacceptable, it's far from meaningless and it, it shows that they didn't think that. If you see some of the footage as well, clearly we went at the game because they don't allow, don't allow fans mm. in because, uh, you know, parties and that. <laughs> uh, they, they, they don't accept that anymore. But if you watch Angela on the, the sidelines, he's kicking every ball. It's, mm -hmm. it's not as if he's sitting there with his feet up thinking, ah, this doesn't matter. Mainly there's a standard at Celtic. There's a standard, there's a level of performance and just because games are supposedly no played for many points, but it doesn't just make it okay because, oh, well, we didn't turn in the minimum level of performance you expect for a Celtic team so that it kind of doesn't matter we were crap yep. we were absolutely crap and, the, and we've I, I, there's, I think there's very few occasions where we've criticised Ange criticised Callum McGregor some of these guys but they're going to get it today because there, there needs to be responsibility for it you can't just write the whole thing off and pretend it didn't happen as far as I'm concerned and like you say Stephen if we were 2-2 or we get beaten by a penalty, you'd go, ah, do you know what? That wasn't the best, but... Or if we'd missed a load of chances yeah, or something. Yeah, a load of chances. Yeah. There's, there's, there are circumstances where we would be sitting there going, ah, it's no ideal, but it's... It, 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 at the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. But I was, to be honest, I was pretty stunned at that level of performance. And I was stunned because I wasn't aware that Ange Postacoglu's Celtic team, Melly, had the capacity to be that poor. Yeah, we've seen last season we could beat by Rangers twice and you go, do you know what? It was by the odd goal, these games are tight. And look, the game suits Michael Beale came in have been tight as well. But that third goal makes it a pumping. That was a poor <laughs> performance from Celtic. 2-0, you can say, all right, you had one over us, but the, the third goal going in was shocking. And it's not just the third goal, it's the second half performance as well. Celtic were 2-0 down at half time, and that second half barely looked like getting back into the game. And we've seen Ange Postacoglu's team come out and think that's not that's not an Ange Postacoglu performance so you need to look at it and say well why did that happen because we've seen Celtic go out and get beat by Rangers over the years but very rarely did we get beat by three goals and for a good good Celtic team to go out and lose in that manner was really poor especially coming out on the back of becoming champions Celtic should have went there with a spring in their step going to show we are the top dogs here and they get absolutely bullied there's a there was a train of thought Stephen that says well the lineup sort of gives you an indication into how Ange sees the game, how Ange feels the game, whether or not he thinks this is a a, a game worth throwing your, your best hand at. And there was a, a couple of people online and in our Discord and all that, um, which is a benefit of our one of our Patreon tiers. There are people there saying, look, the 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 lineup that Ange picked sort of showed you how much effort he put into thinking this game was worth winning and all that. And I completely disagree with that. There's two things that happened with that lineup. From the manager's point of view, I think some of the changes were obviously enforced, right? But if you're going to pick that lineup and have so many changes, and a lot of these players, yeah, they play in the same positions, but for instance, Maeda is absolutely critical to the way Celtic play. Kyogo is absolutely critical to the way Celtic play. I've not even got on at the back line yet. But yeah. if you're taking these two players out, Celtic, they play completely differently. So you either have to augment what you're doing and your approach to the game, aka you can't take the template for Celtic's first 11 which Ange spent all season telling us doesn't exist and just happen to expect the second 11 if that's what you want to call that team that played against Rangers to replicate that exactly because there's players there who can't do it or as the manager you have to say these guys can't do it so some of them need to go because they can't play the way I want to play do you think Ange took that into consideration when he picked that lineup. Do you think he went, do you know what, bit of a dead rubber, I'll give some people a chance that have no had minutes. There is a third option, and again, I don't agree with this at all, where Anne just said to some of these fringe players, look, I've got my guys, they're performing really well, but once the league is won, I'll make sure you get minutes. But see if you win the league in the very next game as Ibrox, you do the managerial thing, you take these guys aside and say, do you know what, I know I promised you minutes, and you will get minutes at Ibrox, but this is an important game for us as well. I've got plenty of minutes coming for you down the season. There's a cup final coming up. You know, I'm going to revert back to my Yeda and Kuyogo for this one and I'll talk to you after. 
Yeah, I mean, I've, I've even seen it suggested that and pick that team deliberately so he can take it to the board and say that these players aren't good enough. We need nah. more. I don't. I don't think Not that for a chance. second that things like that. That's a quite popular. That's Brendan Rodgers tactics. <laughs> yeah, and it's quite a, a popular sort of football trope that people talk about. But I don't think it really happens in reality because the, in reality, Ange will be working with the board on a daily basis in talking about the the development of the players and the future of the club and all that. They're not, he's not going to pull the wool over the board's eyes and just go, by the way, all these players we've been talking about every day, all of a sudden they're not good enough. Mm. So I don't think that, I want to rule that out, first of all. I suppose there's, there's probably an element of all of the above. There's probably, I don't, I don't think for a single second Ange would ever pick a Celtic team that he thinks has no chance of winning a football game, especially not against Rangers. I think he probably tried to balance between team that had the best opportunity or the best chance of winning the game on the day with trying to give a, a player or a few players some much needed minutes because mm. they need to play sometime. It's all very well saying, oh, these guys are good for backup, but they need to play. They need yeah. to play football. I know I know it's a it's a hell of a time to throw them in or a hell of a place to throw them into, but ultimately they, they do need to play one way or another. So I, I think there's probably a lot of things going on. I'll admit though, see when I saw the lineup come out an hour and a quarter or whatever it is before the, the game, I personally thought there was absolutely, not absolutely no, but very little chance they're going to win that game. I didn't think it was impossible, but I thought, judging by A, the players were already missing, the key players we've mentioned several times recently, Cameron Carter-Vickers and Alistair Johnson are already massive. So it's the type of players that were missing and the amount of players that were missing from that that lineup. I thought it's going to be very, very difficult today. I think we could hopefully put in a good showing, maybe get a draw or something like that. But And I'm not being defeatist to that. I'm just taking into account the fact that all these games have been very, very close. If we yeah. further deplete ourselves deliberately, it seemed, then it's going to be even closer, if not a complete full swing the other way, and it turned out to be the latter. There was people saying, how is Ange going to know? Um, and it's not here. I mean, there's a general school of thought. It's how is Ange going to know if these guys are ever good enough to play against Rangers if they don't actually get the chance to play against Rangers? Yeah. That's nonsense for me as well. You should be able to tell. You look at me. What watch me play football for ninety minutes? You'll know I'm just shade it. Not good enough to play against Rangers. <laughs> he sees these guys in training every single week. So, what do you think the light the thinking was behind the lineup? And do you agree with it? You don't necessarily have to agree with it. Ninety seconds would be plenty to see you, but that's, that's yeah. another matter. <laughs> just needs a <laughs> run of games. <laughs> it's funny. I just need the the famous run of games. Get me fit and fired. Uh, Ten games and get me fit and fired. Hey, I think if you look at the lineup, if you look at Celtic's strongest lineup, and Burnaby comes in for Greg Taylor, you go, all right. Let's see how he does. Or O comes in for your kill go, and you go, right, okay. Let's see what he does. But to spin it all in the one. So looking at Celtic's lineup. Oh, coming in, that's fine. But to change that, okay. Then to put a bad in there, you're taking something else out of Celtic's attacking line. And then for three, your usual back four to be different. I think if you have Carter Vickers and Alistair Johnston out, you keep everything else as much as possible because ahead of Alistair Johnson, Maeda usually plays, which can stop Rangers fullbacks. And when you look at the Celtic starting lineup. Uh, Ralston has played, had one start since March, barely started before that as well. Kobe Ashes had one start since uh, joined in January, I think. Uh, Bernabe's had one start since March and Abada, one start in March. Incidentally, I think three of them played against Hearts. They all started together and O's had one start since he came back. So that's five of your outfield players have had one start since March in a massive, massive game. The hardest away ground you're going to go to. There's going to be intensity. There's going to be lack of match fitness there. And we've seen that from the start of the game. Celtic were setting to all the balls. Rangers were on top of Celtic. And Celtic never got out until Rangers scored. And then they calmed down and started to play the ball about. This season, Celtic have got Rangers well in the fact that we haven't had that slow start like we have last season. Celtic, Aaron Ramsey scored early and we always thought Rangers always got off to a quick start. Celtic didn't allow that this season until that game and the selection played a massive, massive part in that. Kyogo presses Rangers, presses their defence back and gives them something constantly I think about. Maeda stops so many attacks that maybe we don't see how much he does until he's out the team. Burnaby isn't as good as Greg Taylor on the ball. 
Johnston and uh, Cameron Carter-Vickers, you can't help those ones. So what you can do is keep everything else the same and just bring on these guys if need be. So I think for Ange to make that many changes was was criminal, to be honest, in a game like this. Yes, we... Strong words against the manager. Ange is getting... He better not be watching this week. Yeah, well, I can, I can praise him to the highest hilt every week here, mm. but when he comes out with a uh, performance from that, and look, the proof was in the pudding. Celtic get absolutely scalped on the day. It was 3-0, but they were never in the game from the... First whistle, pretty much. Rangers scored and deservedly got a goal because they were on top of Celtic. Celtic couldn't get out. The players he did brought in, not one of them did anything to say they should have started that game. None of them. And five players out your outfield players, some of them inexperienced, some of them barely, all of the five players barely played recently. It just was a recipe for disaster. And yes, Owen Bernabe will never get a better chance to play at Ibrox, but they need to earn that position. They need to do that. And Celtic have been doing well. We see how much a drop-off it is now from Greg Taylor to Bernabe. That was stark before. Mm. It's even starker now. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Summer's coming. Are you ready to unveil your beach bod? Manscaped is here to ensure your body is ready for the wild with our game-changing full body grooming and hygiene products. Don't be the guy at the beach with the Austin Powers chest hair on. It doesn't even have to be that, Stevie. You know that patchy way, sort of pasty, yep, yep. bit of hair on the shoulders. You don't want that either. <laughs> if you grew some winter man tits... <laughs> Right, Melly. The least you can do is make sure they're hairless. <laughs> it's time to get ready for hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with our code TIMS, T-I-M-S. Manscaped is dedicated to helping you increase your confidence and level up your full body grooming game with the Performance Package 4.0. The kit comes with the essential Lawnmower 4.0 waterproof cordless body trimmer and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your grooming routine. Whether you're trimming your chest or the treasure chest in your pants, this is the best trimmer on the market. You also get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag, $39 value add, and the patented high-performance Reduce Chafing Manscaped Boxers. Get 20% off all of this and free shipping with the code TIMS, T-I-M-S, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code TIMS at manscaped.com. Trim your chesticles, the besticles. There's a couple of players I want to talk about of these changes that really annoyed me, to be honest, and I'm really questioning their futures at Celtic, and I know this is a hot topic for people when you start talking about this in a podcast, 
people are in the comments. People are tweeting. You can't believe you've written X, Y, and Z up too bad because <laughs> it, because if the because if, yeah. if there's people out there saying. How else is Ange going to know if these guys are good enough to play for Celtic unless they actually play and we see them? They played, we saw them. Some of them have been playing plenty of times. Some of them have been here for a long time. Um, there's, you know, you had Kobayashi, Bernabe, Abadan O. I'm going to give O a pass on the basis of we barely created anything for the guy. We we could barely get up the pitch and create much for him. We created, I think, one chance for him and he could have probably got it on target, but he hit the post, right? Yeah. So we'll, we'll shelve that just now. Um Kobayashi, Bernabe, and Abad are the three that I think probably deserve the most criticism. Steve, we sat in this podcast a couple of weeks ago and we were talking, maybe a couple of months ago, we were talking about, listen, we just want to believe Bernabe is good. We've no seen enough yeah. now. We want to give the guy a chance to be good. And we had the guys back. So there's no, there's nothing about writing him off prematurely, not we had the guys back. I watched that game. He's 20 odds, Bernabe. I have never seen a player come into Celtic as long as we've been doing this podcast, as long as I've watching, been watching Celtic. I've never seen someone come in at 20 and get from where Burnaby is to where you need to be. Think how good Chiantini was at 20 compared to what <laughs> compared to what Burnaby is just now. The, the difference between Burnaby and Greg Taylor and we, some of us think we could probably still improve on Greg Taylor. That, that's too much for him to make up. Yeah. He was getting bullied in that game. Absolutely bullied. And Melly's got this old adage if you're having a bad game only thing you can do is make sure that some the person you're up against is having a bad game. He wasn't even doing that. He was getting pushed off the ball. He was getting the ball taken off him. He's getting caught in possession. It was a disaster for Burnaby, and I don't think he's good enough. Well, I think the the best way I can think of to sum up Burnaby's performance in that game was that most of the bad things he did came right after him doing something good. So mm. he looked the worst just after he had done some good. So he'll beat somebody, he'll take someone on, beat them, and then he'll immediately be re relieved of the ball. So that that kept happening. But then the flip side of that is all the good things he did came off the back of him having done something bad. So yeah. he would give the ball away and then win it back. So that's how uneven, or it's not even uneven, it's a perfectly consistent performance. He gives the ball away all the time. Sometimes he wins it back, sometimes he doesn't. And end up, you celebrate the times he wins it back because that makes him look good. But then you try and kind of overlook the amount of, the sheer number of times he's given it away. The, the, the issue is as well, whenever he was on the ball, Rangers just looked so confident in the mount that they just take it off him. There was no, uh, there's no, there's no it, check yeah. in the run. They would just run right up to him and take it right off him and you think, this guy's getting run over here Aye, it just put him under any pressure whatsoever and he tends to tends to buckle under that pressure to be honest I, the last time I spoke about Burnaby I just decided to give him the benefit of the doubt frankly based on nothing I just decided I think he's going to probably be good we'll learn about him in season 2 but I, I don't know if it's going to get to that point with Burnaby to be honest I don't know if he'll, he'll be here next season I don't know if he'll end up on some loan to like some Spanish team or something like that I don't know but I wouldn't have cared if he went in the summer. Honestly, nah. I would don't. I wouldn't go. That oh, we've lost him. We should have kept him. I it think seems tremendously harsh, of course, right? Because no one likes to write off players. Certainly, certainly not us. But I need to see something from him in order for it not to just be complete and utter blind faith. And I, and I don't see anything at the moment. I, I don't know what the threshold is as well for number of appearances before you're allowed to generally make your mind up. Because I think he's made eighteen this season. First, first season bowling goalie made 20 odd probably 30 odd overall over two or two and a half seasons it was so what, where, where do we draw the line where you're allowed to say I, I just don't know if this kid's got it to be honest and again I reiterate a point I've made before I think people let him away with the odd mistake here and there because they think he's young but you said he's 20 odd he's, he's 22 he's, he's 22 23 in September he's, so next season he's yeah. going to be 23 in September he's older than Matt O'Reilly he's older yeah. people said like it's unfair to focus on Bernabe and Kobayashi. What about Bern? Eh, what about O'Reilly? Rather, I'm like, well, he's the youngest of the three. Yeah, for, people just don't perceive him that way for whatever reason. And I the, get there's there a are, difference, though, isn't there? Matt yeah. O'Reilly came in and was good, and yeah. then had a dip, and then sort of. I thought he was one of our better players the other day. So you're looking at Matt O'Reilly, going, "You've been good, mate. Can you, you know, inconsistency, blah yeah. Bernabe's never, he's never even passed no. that threshold. I, from memory, I think it was he scored that cracking goal. It was at Ross County. Mm. I think he scored a cracking goal, and that's that's basically just about it. But this run of games thing, again, I find myself getting annoyed at that. People say right, he needs a run of games. It's not going to come. It, it doesn't happen. People say that's 10, 12 games he needs to play in a row. You try and find me a time during a Celtic season where a 10-game block can be put together that doesn't include European games, cup games, potentially a cup semi-quarter final, whatever it is, crucial games, derbies. 
are you going to put him in for that 10 games? Why aren't you playing Greg Taylor? Well, because Bernabe's still in his run of games. We mm. can't we can't move him from that. You don't, this is not how you get into the Celtic team. It's not. No. How you get into the Celtic team is you become undeniable in training. You impress in training to the point where a manager thinks it's worth giving him a go in a game. Then you take your chance when you're given it. You might come straight back out of the team after that. Then you take your chance the next time you're given it as well. Look at Frimpong. Look, Frimpong is a, is younger than these guys today. Never mm. mind when he was in the Celtic team. So he's three, four years younger than these guys are just now. He came in and Neil Lennon literally told us, look, the plan was to have a, a wee bit of time with this guy, try and develop him. And this is a guy who hadn't played any first team football whatsoever for anyone, Frimpong. I, I know, like, Man City aren't in the business of producing duds, right? So there, there's probably, there's obviously a, a, an element of quality there. But Frimpong came in and Lennon told us, plan was to take a bit of time with this, but he, he's so good that holding him back from the first team would be completely pointless. He's good enough to play just now. That's how you get into the team. It's not just, oh, he's been average for 18 games. Let's just keep playing him until he gets it. And you need to take your chances when you get them. There's an alternative universe here, Melly, where if, if Bernabe played well, we'd be sitting going, right, he's shown us it. This is the game. Yeah, We've threw yeah. him in against Rangers and he really turned it on. But the fact of the matter is, he's not good enough. Yeah, I think Celtic can go out, uh, Ibrox can get beat him. You can go, oh, Bernabe had a good game. It wasn't anything to do with him, but... He wasn't. He wasn't no. good at all. And it's we've been scrambling about, seeing. Ah, I can see. I can see things in him, but at the same time, you're going. But he, he's very rough. Twenty three years old. Come the start of next season, he's not a guy that's going to. He's been a first team player at Lanus before he came to Celtic. He's come into Celtic, and it's kind of a strange signing in that the way Celtic play their fullbacks is they have to be better on the ball than they do sort of going forward. Bernabe's the opposite of that. He's better going forward. But even then, is he that good going forward that you're going to write off all the negative things about him? No, because he's playing inside and he's getting caught on the ball so much that it's simple passes, it's simple control, it's dallying on the ball. It's unacceptable for a guy that's going to be in there. And he's kind of like a guy that's an old school fullback now, that one that stays out wide and bombs on. Celtic don't play that. Yet they've brought this guy in. Who, well, this is, that's this sort strength. of brings me back to what I was saying at the beginning when I was talking about this lineup and Ange's approach. Ange knows that. Ange must watch Bernabe and go, he's struggling with this thing. I'm asking him to do, but we send him out to Ibrox and ask him to do that thing. Maybe we didn't. Maybe Bernabe just trying to impress the manager. But I suppose my point is, you're using all these bits and bobs of machinery that don't really fit into the overall thing that you're trying to build. Everyone knows that Bernabe can't do that thing. Everyone yeah. knows he's better going forward. So why not change the way we play? And as well as that, if you're having Burnaby there, right, okay, and leave the rest of the defence as is, mm. as much as possible, leave the rest of the team as is, as much as possible, give him Maeda in front of him and give him protection. That's it. We took that out and we had Jota over there. Jota does well, but Maeda there stops Tavernier getting forward and that didn't happen again. Tavernier could come out inside, which then leaves space for Rangers uh, can't well to just roam about wherever he wants and look you've seen it as soon as Bernabe got the ball he was swarmed by two of them because mm. they knew Rangers knew that if they pressed this Celtic defence three out of the forum don't usually play three out of the forum haven't played a lot, a lot recently Rangers have done a quite a good job in the last couple of games of stopping Celtic play out to take out a few three of Celtic's best players then when it wasn't necessary at the back, never mind stop my take Maeda out and uh, Kyogo. Uh, so it was just all over the place from Celtic. And Burnaby played a massive part in it. There's not a single goal I can say him that was on you, but putting Celtic under pressure so many times by simple passes was, wasn't good enough. And I was swaying on the side that I don't think he's going to be good enough because the basics weren't there. He's played at Tynecastle now, he's played at Ibrox now. Too hard as domestic games. It's not going to happen. In his defence, I would suggest that going forward, he is quite good, right? He is quite good and he will, already has and will... He didn't do that at the weekend. Yeah, he will and will continue to create goals for Celtic. That will happen. He will get the odd good cross or good cut back in and Celtic will score from it. But that is completely negated by the fact he can't defend at all. Yeah. There was points in that game where... Fashion Sakala just waltzed past him and he didn't know he was they caught the wrong side. He was out of position and, he, and Sakala basically walked past him. Yeah. He's meant to be this fast guy and Sakala was just busting past him every time. So you can't really afford 
as a team like Celtic, yes, we do have an awful lot of domestic games which were an awful lot easier than that. But you can't afford to carry passengers just in the off chance that they create a goal against Ross County when you can't play them in big games. We are a team that has ambitions of playing in the Champions League and hopefully beating Rangers almost every time we play against them. We can't afford to have guys in the squad who you wouldn't even consider putting them into that game because they've well, proven and, that and they Earlier in the season, they brought on Juranovic at left back right, yeah. uh, instead of bringing on Burnaby when... Uh, Greg Taylor went off at Ibrooks in the 2-2 game so you've seen then sort of writing was on the wall and you go right okay maybe if he settles down now we're in May the season's well, nearly the- done and I can't remember a performance from where you go aye that was the game that's, that's, what, that's what we see in him well, that's what I was talking about I wouldn't care if he went in the summer because what we can have is a situation where you have a first choice left back and then you have some guy who just can't carry out what the manager wants. You might as well play nobody there because Burnaby can't <laughs> do what the manager wants him to do. It's it's yeah. it's no and, and everyone's saying, Oh well, we need to try this, try that one. Well, at the end of the day he costs four million quid and he's twenty two. Yeah. And nice. he's it's it's not it wasn't a a small sign in terms of fee, came with quite a big reputation. He just can't he just cannot seem to do what the manager needs him to do. And as you say, being a club like Celtic we need to be able to have our first choice left back out and not have such a massive drop off in quality. I don't think he's going to go on and he's just going to be terrible the rest of his career. I just don't think he's suited to the way Celtic yeah, play. Yeah. Maybe if, if Ange Postacoglu was to leave in the summer and Celtic get a different manager in that plays like kind of like Rangers with a high backs high and wide, it might work for him then because he can get on if a manager comes in and plays free at the back and he's a wing back. But playing inside for Celtic the way he does... He doesn't have He's a new Lennon type fullback. Uh, kind of. Oh. Uh, Lennon's got a lot of mentions tonight. Oh. Eh? <laughs> uh, kind of like it's just one of those guys that you can see, oh, maybe he does have good things, but too many times now the bad have well outweighed the good now. And if he's going to be playing for Celtic, he has to perform in big games. Hearts, Rangers, he's not done it. And when he has been able to be there for picked for Rangers games, he's not been picked. People always get pissed off with this singling out guys like Bernabe and Kobayashi because they're, they're sort of newer players. But I think it's, I, I get it. I think it's because we're all quite enamoured with the idea of Bernabe, what he should be, what he could provide. He looks like he should be a really good player. I don't mean just aesthetically. I mean well, the way. What an Argentinian left back season. Yeah, no, an Argentinian wild card <laughs> at the back, flying into tackles and all that. But it's it's almost it's the opposite. He's he's too erratic. Like even Todd Cantwell was basically just bullying him yeah. off the. I mean, all eight stone of Todd Cantwell <laughs> was basically just bullying him off the ball and all that. So I I do get that people have a have a, an inclination to stick up for a guy like Burnaby, but I just I just don't see it in him at all. I, I'm perfectly open to being completely proved wrong. And so that's what we would show us. Yes, that's what we're saying. Season two, Greg, he might Greg blow Taylor had a poor first season yeah. for Celtic, didn't he? And went on to that. But Greg Taylor, you could see why he fits into this mm. team because he's better on the ball. He's not that fullback that gets to the byline. Burnaby's thing is that and he's not even doing that and the other stuff is just no good in it. And to be clear, so a final thing before we move on because mm-hmm. I don't want to do this the entire podcast. Yes. I've, I, to be clear, we are talking about Bernabe and Kobayashi because they are the talking points of the week yeah. because they are unusual in this Celtic team because a lot of people will probably be saying, Aye, but what about McGregor? What about Joe Hart? And all that. Right? I, I totally get that as well. They are not immune from criticism in this game. But the difference here is that we're examining this game as a an opportunity for these guys to prove something to us. Callum McGregor's got nothing to prove to anyone. Aye, it was a terrible performance from the captain as well. But that's so rare that I don't mm. even think it's really worth talking about when it's when it's compared to something like that. We're we're looking at this game as an indication of what could happen in the future. Maybe nothing, right? It may have nothing to do with the future whatsoever, but we're looking for new players to prove something to us. To maybe even see if you're going to get gubbed at Ibrox, right? Hopefully you can even just look at one element and think that looked good. Yeah. You know what I mean? But we didn't have that. I mean, the thing about Callum McGregor is I remember us sitting here during disastrous seasons, disastrous games and making the point that Callum McGregor, when things aren't going well on the team, Callum McGregor is so diminished because he runs about trying to put fires out. Uh, and yeah. you could see that again yesterday. He's coming short. He's, do, he's trying to do a mount. He's tackling. He, he's like, he sometimes assumes too much responsibility. But when several areas of the, the field are malfunctioning, it's no surprise to me that Callum McGregor is going to have a bad game. Now, Kobayashi is another one. He was in a false change. So there's, it's no really on the manager there. The manager, by the looks of it, chose to pick... Burnaby and left Taylor on the bench there's rumours that Taylor's got a knock don't know how true that is it's never been confirmed by Celtic but Kobayashi is in a force change my worry with Kobayashi is I'm more inclined to give him the benefit of the doubt because we know 
that it's, it's true as well with players from South America, but we know historically having seen guys from Japan come to the club that sometimes there's a bit of that transition period for yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. That there is, it's a bit of a culture change and all that sort of stuff. There's a bit of a big transition for them. And Kobayashi's not really been here that long. He's not had a lot of exposure to Scottish football. He might still come onto a game. I think the things that stuck out with this game, Melee, and the Hearts game with Kobayashi is he just didn't get the tempo. He didn't get the aggression. He didn't get how switched on he had to be in these games. He didn't almost get the standard of these two games, which is okay. But against that, I would say he played against Hearts. You look to be a bit out of your depth in terms of standard and, and getting bullied and all that sort of stuff. Surely that's a quick lesson. Surely the very next game you go, right, I got a torrid time there. I need to make sure I'm switched on because these games are fast. You don't get much time to think. I'm watching this in for the first goal. For two for two goals. But especially if the he's looking the wrong way and then sort of does a 180 and played Cantwell onside the whole time for the second goal. Didn't even make an attempt to header it. He's just pushed over by John Sutter. Over, it's it was miserable by Kobayashi. It just wasn't good enough at anywhere near it. And if he and if he doesn't want us talking the way we're talking about Bernabe, <laughs> then he's got three games to realise the standard that you need to meet as a Celtic centre half. And this is quite a tricky league at times. Yeah, I think uh, Kobayashi, you can give him a bit more leeway than Bernabe because he's only coming in January. He's only had one start before this, I think, came on against Hearts. But last Did week he play in a St Mirren game? Did he start? I think he came in a St Mirren game, Carter Vickers was... Ah, it was a midweek game, uh, he yeah. made his debut. And then he came on at half-time against Hearts away. Did all right that game, but Celtic were 2-0 up at half-time, I think. And then last week didn't look great, but Celtic got the victory. So you're looking at this game saying, right, you've got another game in. Yes, you will not be quite up to the... The match fitness yet but the simple things like staying in your line for that first goal and getting bullied yes you can come and say oh it's a Japanese player coming from Scotland is he going to be strong enough what league are you going to go to that you're not going to go up against strikers that are going to push off the ball footballers are athletes now even if you're up against Kyogo he's not going to give you a second so you need to be switched on to that it just wasn't switched on either he wasn't switched on he wasn't strong enough even the thing that he's meant to be lauded for is he's passing, that wasn't good enough. So there was pretty much nothing in that game where he did well. And again, you're looking at him and Bernamy going, right, okay, what are your strengths? They didn't get shown at the weekend either. So he's got a long way to go, uh, Kobayashi. I was unsure on him. I'm still going to give him a bit more time because I think he deserves that. He will get uh, that run of games that some players might not due to the injuries. But... The early signs don't look good for him because it's going to be at a point where at the end of the season, if Celtic look to improve their defence, it's going to be Starfield and Carter Vickers they're going to look to improve. Where does that leave Kobayashi then? Well, because it, he's yeah. got a chance here to say, look, I should be playing as with one of these two guys. If he falls behind that and Celtic go out and improve, he'll fall further behind and you'll look back on him going, ah, but he didn't get a chance. He's played at Tynecastle. He's played at Ibrox as well. He didn't look good in either of them. So what do we do? Wait till he's a good game against Hibs and St Mirren and Aberdeen when Celtic have won the league. Is that up to it? No, if Celtic players are going to be good Celtic players, they have to perform in these games. Yes, these guys are unfit, but do the basics right. World-class basics, World Stephen, class that's basics. what I'm looking for. He needs to learn this lesson quickly, doesn't he, Kobayashi? Yeah, and he will, because what the one good thing, the one silver lining here is that he has to play now. There, yeah. there are no hiding places for, for Kobayashi because of the circumstances of the squad. We basically have to play him just now, and he deserves that, that go at it. What would be disastrous for him is if we go into these games and it's just been decided they can't play and Stephen Welsh ends up back in the team. That would be a, a pretty terrible yeah. sign if that happens. I don't think that will, but if that were to happen, such as what happened with Burnaby earlier this season, when Greg Taylor got injured, we all thought, right, great, we're going to see Burnaby, what he's made of now. And he didn't get that run because he got taken back out. Yeah. And you, you mentioned it earlier, Juranovic was preferred at left back. So it would be disastrous for Kobayashi if Stephen Welsh ends up in the team and we basically give him the rest of the season off. That would be a, a bit of a blow to the confidence. But ultimately, you know, we need we need to see something from him quite soon. I think he'll be fine. I think Kobayashi will be fine. I think, again, I, I'm sort of contradicting myself in that I'm, I like the idea similar mm. to Bernabe I like the idea of Kobayashi in that he should be able to provide something that we don't have elsewhere in the squad that left side the centre half thing we've been talking about to death since he signed the, yeah the, the, I've not really seen that no no again that that's a that's a sort of difference between the 
practical and the realities mm. of things. But I, I, I'm choosing to focus on the the practical. Oh, sorry, the the theory of it rather than practical. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what he's got. But again, that this is what that this is. There's no hiding place for the rest of the season. We've still got not so much big games coming up because they're all to one degree or another uh, dead rubber after the league's already been sealed but people are still playing for as I said earlier people are still playing for their cup final places Only we can only pick 11 players for that plus plus some so it's good luck to him yeah. hope, hope he can turn it around eh, there are games against Rangers and Rangers Rangers biggest threat for me pre the game at the weekend is Tavernier he gets forward he puts in good balls and all that so I would try and stop that so to take out your best presser and then behind that, you've got Bernabe, and beside that, you've got Kobayashi. If I am a Rangers manager, I'll go, right, try and get Tavernier on the ball as much as possible. How do I create space for him? Well, I'll try and get Cantwell going around that right-hand side, and I'll have a bit of pace over there in uh, Fashion Sakala. It's simple stuff, and that just played right into Rangers' hands there. Do that again, but doing it in a kind of slabbery Cockney accent again. <laughs> 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 I, it's, uh, like I say I'm, I'm, I'm happy to give Kobayashi yeah, a yeah. bit of time and that was a forced change so the manager can't really carry the can too much in that one that, uh, as you say he can play with different players around him can't he can he? play it's different annoying. players around him I, it's annoying it, it is annoying um, Abada is, I was going to say who are you going to do next to us <laughs> well, we're, going, we're going through everyone here right because there's a shit list scattergun's <laughs> that wasn't a scattergun symbol you did Melly was that was that caught on camera hopefully not Melly goes the old scattergun's <laughs> wow Jesus. It's a nickname. He's <laughs> 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 bloody mighty. Right, Abada. Right, Abada's next. Uh, I, I, is there a stat, Stephen? I had a look on my scout. There is no stat that tells you how many times a cross is clattered against someone's shins. <laughs> um, right. Abada's... The numbers are pretty undeniable with Abada. Yeah. However... I've not really looked into the numbers as much because the numbers with Chris Boyd were undeniable as well and we can all pretty much admit that guy wasn't very much of a player in his day, right? And I'm, I'm a, I was about to say I'm no comparing a bad at Chris Boyd, but I suppose I am in one I sense. I suppose you did, yeah. I suppose I did in one sense. The point I'm trying to make is when I'm watching him play, I wonder where these numbers come from because it was play, especially his wing play, is diabolical at times and creates nothing. And then this thing he does where he's supposed to be pretty sharp and pretty good in the box... Well, he had a chance and it was pathetic. <laughs> Slapped it. Didn't he he? Sl- it was a pa- less than a pass back. Yep. The, the old, uh, the, the slapped at it with a sock full of diarrhea <laughs> yes. instead, instead of a foot. Yes, that, that old favourite of ours. Grotesque. Yeah, <laughs> hideous imagery. Mm. Abada, he, he's still, I mean, Abada's still Abada. He's still liable to come up and, and score a goal at nothing, although he missed that one, right? But my concern with Abada is that he's not a better player now than he was when he joined Celtic two years ago. And that's kind of what we want. We want to bring these guys in and develop them in order to sell them on. Now, I'm not saying he's worse, but what I'm saying is I don't see any of the ironing out of the various problems that Abada has basically from word go in with Celtic. He came in has basically scored fairly consistently throughout his Celtic career. That has dropped off a wee bit this season, but he's not been playing as much. But do do I see that a few of his deficiencies have been worked on, such as his crossing, such as his trickery, such as being able to beat a man, stopping doing that thing where he gets to the edge of the box, cuts back on his left foot, and then just plays a diagonal pass into no one mm. towards the penalty spot, does that all the time. Watch out for it, kids. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy. Um, no, the, I don't see an improvement in any of that. I think, it, I mean... When you're talking about Abada and selling him, we, we're often asked, what, why why would you sell Abada? Because he scores a lot of goals and all that. It really is about projecting into the future and whether you can see him developing or whether he is at his ceiling just now. I think it's the latter, to be honest. I think he's... I mean, he could get better. He could iron a couple of things out, but I don't think he's ever going to be... You don't become... You don't go from being Abada to, like, Riyad Mahrez in a couple of seasons or anything no. like that. He, he has a ceiling, in my opinion, and I think he's probably quite close to that. The thing about these games is people think to us, like, you're being harsh. You're just going through all these players, you're writing them off, you're picking holes in it. But this is the standard we want to be at, at <laughs> yeah, Celtic. Yeah. And the, 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 the level of performance that we saw is just not acceptable for, for any Celtic game, but particularly a game at Ibrox. And the players that we are picking on here, well, picking up here rather than picking on the players... It, a lot of them, this is a concerns that we've had the whole time. They've yeah. been at Celtic, but particularly with Abada and particularly with the Burnaby. So when you see them in that environment, it's in many ways it's a lot easier in this podcast to sit here and go, well, they're not good enough. Because we want to get to next season where we're not seeing this type of performance. We want to get next season where we can rely on these guys that are on the fringes. And I think there's a lot of guys now, you're looking at it going, beyond Ange's first 11, 
which he says all season, we don't have, this is about the group, remember that conversation, I don't have a first 11, I've got a group, you've got a first 11, Ange, and the guys that come in and out of the team, none of them are really on the verge of staking a claim for knocking anyone off their perch, and Abad is one of them, he's just, I just don't see a situation where he takes Jota's or Maeda's place ever at Celtic. No, I think the Celtic starting lineups probably the one that beat Rangers in the the semi-final recently, I think Aaron Moy sometimes come in, yeah. but is he going to be a long-term player for Celtic? Probably not. So you're looking at, and look, these guys have won this league very well. They have put Rangers out of two cups. They've done okay in the Champions League. So we don't need to talk about Cal McGregor, Jota, Kyogo. We know they are the gig, uh, big game players. It's the guys like Abada. Are you about to say gig bame players, really? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> They're the gig bame players. <laughs> uh, it's the guys like Abada, Bernabe, uh, Kobayashi, who have something to prove still. And if Celtic are going to go out in the summer, you're looking at what positions are we going to strengthen? It's probably going to be centre-back, left-back, uh, and a winger as well. And it's these guys that will be their places will be taken. So you're looking for them to... Have a chance there and go, right, no, you don't need to buy somebody there. With Abada, we've been saying it all season, yes, he scores, but we need to see better from him. He's another guy, I know Ange bottom, but just looks like a good player, but just doesn't fit in this team. Celtic's wide players with Jota and Maeda are totally different players, but you can completely see why they fit into Celtic and what they do. Abada finishes chances, but again... Like I say, when Abada and Maeda line up in the same team, I don't like it because if Maeda and Abada don't have anything created for them, I don't see them creating. Jota was in there at the weekend, but he can create. And then you take Kyogo out. So I think Abada, it's, if Celtic get a decent offer from him in the summer, I think we should take it. We think most uh, Celtic fans will agree with that. But at the end of the day, he's on there to do a job and he just didn't do it. He didn't create enough chances. He didn't take the chance he got. And I just don't think he works hard enough defensively. Rangers were right on top of us and we just really struggled to to get a hold of the game. And it seemed to me like, you know, Todd Cantwell's escaped the game with the man of the match and lots of plaudits, managed to get himself on a goal. I don't know if he set up another one. Um, watching the first goal, he just seemed to drift through the game and no one could really pick him up. There seemed no. to be no responsibility there. And I'm left thinking, overall, did we pick a team and send them out to try and play the way that Celtic always play without taking into any consideration, Stephen, how Rangers are going to approach the game without taking into consideration the team selection we put out. It just strikes me as a bit naive. Now, I know Ange has this thing where, and I'm sure of you might have said it about the coaches' conference or I might have heard someone else say it in an interview. It was definitely said about Celtic that we don't spend an awful lot of time watching the opposition and worrying about what the opposition are trying to do. It's not that we don't watch them, it's just that 95% of what Celtic do is about what Celtic do. About 5% mm. will be the opposition, but that'll that'll be changed when it is up against Rangers or the Champions League. Aye, but that to me that, that was reinforced again. It looked as if we didn't spend an awful lot of time thinking about what Rangers were going to do. They just, to be brutally honest, Rangers just imposed their game directly upon Celtic and battered us 3-0. That's what happened. Yeah, that that is what happened, Aye. yeah. We should have just cut it off after that. We should have no, just said that. And no just caveats, just, that is what happened. I can't make any quippy, funny excuses for what happened. There's... You need to just accept the bare facts of these situations. And I, and I can hear people in the comments already saying, aye, but it's a game that didn't matter. It did. As yeah. far as I'm concerned, it mattered. And you're not telling me for one minute that Ange didn't think it mattered. As you say, McGregor yeah. didn't think it mattered. If we'd have won 3-0, we'd be all doing the smiley thing at the start. We'd be <laughs> yeah, on here yeah, lapping yeah. up, wouldn't Every we? single person at Celtic thinks it mattered. Every player thinks it thought it mattered. And everybody in this room thinks it mattered. And I'm telling you right now, a lot of Celtic fans think it mattered. And we are the ones that matter. And we are the we are the ones that matter. So I, I, I'm just left looking at that game, going, "There's no, there's no real hiding place for anybody involved." No, to, no. To be honest, nah. There was very little uh, positive to take, and that that's kind of what I said when I, when I were maybe overly focusing on guys like Bernabe and Kobayashi and Abada. It's because those guys play less than everyone else, and we're kind of looking at those guys, saying like, "Give us some hope here. Give, yeah. give us something." He'd come away thinking. Aye, that was a bit of a doon, but they're going to be good in the future and we didn't get that. So that's maybe why we've been, maybe if in some people's eyes, a little bit harsh on those guys. As far as Cantwell goes, I mean, it, I nearly said we made them look good, but the fact is he was good, but uh, Celtic did contribute to that. I mean, it's Celtic's first choice midfield that were in that. They just couldn't really get to grips with him at all. It was, I mean, Bernabe couldn't get near him either. What I would say about uh, Cantwell is that 
And the, the third goal was calamitous. McGregor and Starfelt just sort of fell over each other. It was mostly Callum McGregor's fault, if I'm honest. Starfelt didn't do well after that, but Callum McGregor got himself in a bit of a mess. But the two of them were caught off guard by Cantwell being more aggressive than either of them. He just well, flew into a tackle and, and all of a sudden they, they broke away and scored. He got away with murder. Right, he, yeah. he committed I think seven fouls, including running at the crowd. Well, he he committed more fouls on the day than Celtic's entire team plus subs. <laughs> wow, and right. was, and wasn't booked for it at mm. all. Callum McGregor committed one foul and was that booked was for it. Speaking. So I don't want to come across like it's kind of sour grapes, and I'm focusing. That's not the reason Celtic lost the game at all. It was just it's one of those things we've spoken about in recent weeks about how it's just. Yellow cards now just feel arbitrary in Scottish football. I don't know if it's like that elsewhere, but it's just kind of made up on the day. It's just vibes. And yeah, it's just well, vibes. I suppose, I mean, what you would say was if there was a dick advocate sitting in this chair, what he might say was, well, Todd <laughs> yeah. Cantwell got a man of the match performance, really impressed himself on the game with his pressing and his aggression and his winning the ball back. If you book him for one of those does that make him think twice about some of the tackles that he puts oh, yeah, in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's how maybe he influenced the game. But as you say, it's no... That is not why we lost the nah, game, and I think when you look at the when you look at the first goal that that Cantwell scored, and you're talking about the Celtic midfield, and yes, they had a bad game, but I honestly think that's down to we everyone had a bad game, and you've got three guys in midfield, and they just can't do it all themselves. They, I mean, they literally can't do it all themselves. But when you watch the first goal, and this is why I think we didn't really take Rangers into consideration. Cantwell picks up the ball. Matt O'Reilly's eight yards away from him. He just pings a ball out right. Runs away up the pitch, away from Matt O'Reilly, who doesn't follow him, who doesn't seem to pass him on. Campbell just strolls right into the box, completely unmarked. Com nobody's picking him up. Stands next to Kobayashi, who's playing him offside, and then eventually scores a rebound. Do you think? No wonder this guy's having a good game because it's almost like we just thought, doesn't matter about Cantwell, doesn't matter about Raskin, doesn't matter what they do. We'll play our usual game with unusual players and we'll probably come on top. Yeah, that was the thing with this game. Ugh. Was a uh, <laughs> <laughs> lovely. Uh, it was a chance for us to stop the Todd Cantwell's a good player or this Michael Beale's a tactical genius. But mm. this was a Rangers team that were out. No matter what you think of them, we're out Morelos without Kent and without Tillman. Three guys that would start with them in, on a normal occasion. They didn't have them, and they still scored three goals against Celtic. All these games. Uh, this season, apart from the first game where Bill wasn't in charge, have been won by the odd goal or a draw. This was a beaten, and that's because Celtic weren't good enough and they didn't get close to Rangers at all. Another thing with the Cantwell thing is, it's a, it's them now thinking, right, we can go and build a team around that guy. Like that, We probably laughed at that coming up to this game because we haven't seen it in games before and we thought it was a bit of cheerleader but he put the performance in there that says do you know what he could probably be a good player for them and if they get decent players around them that could have all been shut up the manager could have been found out if Celtic mm. had went out there and beat them but the fact is we didn't and Celtic's deficiencies were showed up we did struggle in the second half in the last game uh, to play out uh, with Rangers when they changed it up a wee bit in the second half at Hamden we struggled from the start in this game uh, Rangers don't have better players from Celtic but they managed to stop Celtic playing out and as well if Celtic are going to have a slow start like that and go a goal down the game's going to be difficult enough we are first team out there but, but Celtic can get back into it like we've seen last season but Celtic have to, simply have to sort out this set-piece thing. Celtic have conceded eight goals against Rangers this season. That's bad enough. But five of them have been from set-pieces. Mm, yeah. like, well, one's a penalty, okay. One's a free kick. But to let in, So you're basically giving up a set-piece in every game against Rangers this season. This game, All the games have been tight and won by the other goal. This one... It's ridiculous looking at it. 3-0, a team that's missing three of the top attacking players isn't good enough. If you're going to give them a head start like that, you better get back into the game quickly. Oh, had the chance, didn't take it. And then if you're going to just simple crosses into the box are going to be resulting good chances for Rangers, then Celtic are going to struggle against them because they already set out their stall by signing a six-foot midfielder for next season. We know what they're going to do in the transfer market. Looking at Kobayashi, this is why you have serious worries over him because he's going to be one of the two main marking players for Celtic and if he can't even do that, you're going to give up a lot of chances from set pieces so Celtic have to sort out this set piece thing against Rangers. The, I mean, the truth is these games have been pretty... Well, you're busting uh, out of tears there. I thought I could get that sentence out before <laughs> I lost my breath. I can... I, the, the truth is, I mean, we've not been great for a couple of weeks. 
we've not uh, been good for a couple of weeks, Stephen, have we? We've been sort of eking through these games. The 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 Glasgow derbies have always been quite close. I had a look at the sort of historic Glasgow derbies, and they all seem to be fairly close affairs. Uh, on occasion, one team will shit the nest and end up getting <laughs> right. beat by three goals. That's kind of that's kind of what happens, and on on this occasion, it was us. But if we're brutally honest, Celtic have not been good for the last couple of fixtures, have we? No, no, not really. Kind of limping towards the the end of the season. And I said recently about how I think it was in one of our uh, live match build ups, possibly for in fact, I think it was for Hearts. Mm. I thought that you know, we probably would start to drop points now that because the, the the season is effectively over. Even going into the Hearts game where we sealed it, I thought right. Well, there's a chance we might start dropping points here because we're starting to wear the bruises of the season a wee bit. We're starting to pick up injuries. Even guys who are playing just now have just come back off injuries. You think of Hatate, Jota, Aaron Moy and all that. We're starting to sort of, we're starting to wear it a wee bit. We're starting to look at edge when it comes to getting towards the end of the season. So I, it is true. It is true that we've, we've not been great recently. But ultimately, it's still a massive disappointment. All these excuses, it's still a massive disappointment to go to Ibrooks and, and turn in a performance like that. And as I was thinking there, just after I said it, there's another way to look at that stat involving Todd Cantwell's fouls. Why are we only committing four fouls? Well, yeah. Getting gunned ah, at yeah. Ibrooks, by the way. I don't want to come across all Graham Soonis about it, but come on, a bit of pride, a bit of life in here, yes. lads. You're not convincing me for a single second if Alistair Johnson's on that pitch. He's not claiming at least a couple of bodies with him. Take somebody down with him. So I, I was a wee bit disappointed in that. Celtic committed four fouls over 16 players. And a, and a 3 0 defeat at yeah, Ibrooks. Yeah. Not good. That's another thing. No. That's not good enough. Um, for me, Melly, the manager carries a can on this one. Yeah, I think so. We'll, we'll praise him all we want, but the changes in there set Celtic up for defeat, especially with guys like Greg Taylor, who we know you can give him the ball and it'll be fine. Put uh, Kobayashi alongside him, it doesn't look too bad. All the players that came in at the weekend, all are fine if that's the only change, but those all those changes, so if you're going to have two enforced changes, you don't change three out the back four for me and then take out Maeda and Kyogo. It, Top goal scorer, best presser. So many good things about Celtic were taken out. Alistair Johnston, Carter can't be helped, but to have your top goal scorer, a guy that presses teams to death and one of your most consistent players sitting on the bench for your toughest away game of the season. Yes, the league's won, but I thought we were, we never stop talking about standards and all that. I think it's going to be one of those games that long term, hopefully it benefits Celtic because it shows, look, Rangers aren't miles behind us. If they get a decent summer transfer window, then they're going to go into next season looking pretty strong. And that's what Celtic need to keep pushing on. We need to show that, no, do you know what? We've got, we've got better to go. And we do. There's three or four positions Celtic could really strengthen. But just to, before we go, I was going to ask you, like looking at this, I asked Lewis in the post-match as well, are these games getting pointless? Because if there's going to be no away fans, is it just looking like the home team is going to win these games? Pretty much. I mean, it's the the no, we've discussed it the, out, uh, we've discussed the no way fans thing for a while, and it's it is absolutely pointless, and it doesn't really make for that good an atmosphere as well. We've no mention, but we should the fact that we could have had these fixtures anyway we wanted, and we're waiting a couple of weeks to get the champions back to Parkhead. Absolutely makes no sense for yeah, me as yeah. well. But even uh, Andy Walker and that mentioned it on Sky, and you're like, it's embarrassing. Mm. It's not as if because there's fans in there, there's going to be riots like there are in some places. There's never riots at these games. No. Get fans in there, get a grip out, it, man. It's the Premier game and get Scotland. Sutton back as well. Sutton's still banned. Oh, he's still banned <laughs> or from Couldn't my... guarantee his safety. Remember that <laughs> oh, a couple of seasons ago, whenever it was risible. Hey, Matt, the manager, Stephen, carries a can. Yeah, I, to be fair, at least he did own that. Yeah, yeah I think he, the first thing he said after the game was basically that the changes he made didn't help the situation. So at least he's taken a bit of responsibility for that and not just saying. Again, imagine it the other way around. It'd be all just excuses and about how taking just as on that is that taking responsibility or is that sort of saying, "Aye, these guys are no good enough." It's I think it's a sort of as in one hand it's take responsibility and the changes I made are not good enough. But rephrasing that, it's him saying, "I shouldn't have played Burnley." Yeah, yeah, there is there is a there's a strong whiff of that about Mm. it. But given the given the benefit of the doubt, being charitable, I would like to say that he is suggesting that he upset the rhythm of the of the team which was already depleted, as mentioned earlier. We're already missing some really, really important players and we took yet more out. So again, he he has at least copped to not helping the situation by doing that. Because again, if if it was the other way around, if Rangers had come to Celtic Park and Celtic had just completely done them in, in a 
dead rubber. We would be hearing about next season. We'd yes. be hearing about the, the real yes. Rangers. We'd be hearing about how they didn't win, etc. So at least we have guys like Ange and Cal McGregor who aren't going to sugarcoat things. They're not going to patronise us and tell us everything's rosy. The word used was unacceptable. Yeah. I totally yeah. agree with that. So I, all we need, all we can do is learn from that, move on, improve for next season. That's a, it has to be you learn from defeat more than you do from winning. Yeah. That has to be it. Has to be a bit of a wake up call for Celtic. Has to be a bit of a wake up call for a few players, and it's a wake up call for Ange that wholesale changes sometimes don't work. If you're looking at that starting lineup going up against. Aberdeen a couple weeks ago oh a lot of changes here this could be a difficult game going to the hardest game was a bit silly in hindsight good this wasn't it <laughs> guess what though guess what doesn't matter <laughs> listen to this for an hour it doesn't matter <laughs> uh, if I'm going to lose one Glasgow Derby I'd rather lose the one that means absolutely nothing get it off them get right. it off them nothing means nothing <laughs> bring on the treble enjoy that see Raskin on Instagram giving it the spatter uh, with the new being season enough we guys we absolutely <laughs> guys subscribe to us on YouTube <laughs> click that subscribe button patreon.com slash 20 minute Tim's as we can support the podcast see you next week Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.